So our service today, our message today, our Boxing Day service is this. Christmas is over. Now what? This is the question for us here in Australia, in New South Wales, in Cronulla. See, we've got COVID cases that have been rising leading up to Christmas. There's been this really big push for families to try and come and join together. Some people were able to achieve that and others, because of COVID, because of restrictions, have not been able to do that. We've been wanting to get to a point where there is a normality back to our life of the way things have used to be. But Christmas has come. Presents have been given. Food has been eaten. We may have even celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ. Christmas has come, is over. Now what? See, this is the question that is facing us today with all that's going on in the world. It's, it's, it's what previous generations have faced over the years as well, not only in hard times, but just in life in general. Christmas is over. Now what do we do? This question has actually been a part of our life all the way back to the, the time of Jesus, to Jesus' family. Now that the birth has happened, now that Christmas has happened, what do we do? And the simple answer is this. We carry on with life, with all that our life brings us. But it's not as simple as that, is it? Our lives are never straightforward, never as simple. There is always something that will change and push us in a direction, challenge us. There will be the hurdles that we need to face. There will be the ups and downs. The Christmas story of the birth of Jesus, of God coming into the world, should actually for us elicit a change in us. We should be changed because of Christmas. Our lives should reflect that change that has happened because of Christmas. Christmas has come, now what? Our lives are changed. That should be our response. I am different because of Christmas. But I think the reality for most of um, Australia on what we call Boxing Day, Christmas has come and the day after this, now what do we do? Boxing Day. There's a time when we, for some of us, may rest a little bit, spend a bit of time looking through what gifts have been given, what gifts have been received. It may be a time trying to recover from overeating or being with family too much. For many, Boxing Day is the day to score the best bargain of the year in the post-Christmas sales. Now, Boxing Day has many different theories around it and, and people and historians can't um, nail down what they think is actually the real meaning of Boxing Day or where it's come from. There are many different theories. 
But some link it with the feast of Stephen, St. Stephen. Stephen being the the person that was first martyred um, as a follower of Jesus. And, And that's been linked with the celebrating of charity, the celebrating of distribution of arms, that is money, to those that don't have very much. Others link it with with the English traditions that come out about a holiday given to servants now that they'd been spending all of Christmas Day looking after their masters and making sure that they've been well-fed and their Christmas celebrations have been wonderful and they've been serving in the background and the servants are given a day off after Christmas to spend time with their family. And, and what their masters would do would give them a box with money with goods, and there would be a custom that, you know, also that the people would take these boxes and, and sing in front of rich people's houses for them to give money. Sounds like modern-day busking. But you know what, Christmas, Boxing Day, Boxing Day since in, in England since 1871, believe it or not, has actually been associated with a holiday. It's one of these official holidays that have been put into place. It's a bank holiday. So we know it's a holiday when, when the government puts in a declaration that the banks don't open on that day. And this has been celebrated and recognised in, in British colonies like Australia ever since. You know, what's happened is the, the giving of charity on Boxing Day has fallen away in lieu of a holiday in lieu of sporting events, in lieu of the best shopping day you can possibly get. So on this Boxing Day here in Australia, New South Wales, Cronulla, this is where I am, and for you, you may be in a different location. Now on this Boxing Day, now that Christmas is over, now what? What has changed inside of you? Have you experienced the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that is found in the birth of Jesus? I actually want to share with you a reading from Matthew's Gospel. Matthew 2, verses 13 through to 23. And after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realised that the wise men had outwitted him and he sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on what the wise men's report of the star first appearing. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard and remarked, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, 
the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new rule of Judea was Herod's son, Achilles, he was afraid to go there. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophet had said. He'll be called a Nazarene. The story of of Christmas, the birth of Jesus, actually doesn't finish with the angels announcing the birth, doesn't finish with the shepherds coming to see and worship Jesus. The Christmas story also has the wise men coming and bringing gifts. Now, many people think that that was on the night, but it's it's within a two-year period following the birth of Jesus. The story is bigger than just one moment. The wise men travelled from afar and brought gifts for the birth of a new king. The Christmas story just doesn't end with the wise men there. It carries on with the family, young family, having to flee to another country because the current king of Judea, of Israel, of the area, wanted to kill Jesus. Why did Herod want to kill Jesus? Why was that family under threat? It's because the wise men visited. Let, let, let me just go into to Matthew 2 just a little bit. I'll just read here from, for you. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About this time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the new king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this. As, one, as was everyone in Jerusalem. So, so he, the reason they wanted to kill him is because here are these, these travellers from afar doing what, what is actually customary to do. When a new king is born, when a new heir is apparent, is born, rulers and, and wise people come from other countries and pay homage to that new child that is born. And they were coming, paying homage to a new king who is not Herod's descendants. And so Herod was going, there is something amiss, something awry here. I've got to figure it out. I've got to deal with it because my family needs to carry on. God's got bigger plans than all of that. It was not about that earthly kingdom. It was not about that earthly ruling. And it's in this midst of a king looking for a young family to get rid of the threat to his throne that we find the angel appearing to Joseph in a dream, telling him to get up and flee to another country. Christmas is over, now what? Go and fight for your life. See, here's the thing. For us, this is another year 
is our second year that we have been living through where we're concerned about our welfare because of a virus. Jesus' family was concerned about their welfare because of a distant king wanting to kill the young child. They were having to flee in the pain and uncertainty of what life would bring them. We're living through the uncertainty of what would happen if COVID came within our families and what that would mean for our celebration, what would that mean for our health, what would that mean for our families, our friends, the people that we know. We're living with that uncertainty and for us, a lot of people, there is fear that is within them. They are afraid to live. Just think about what it was like for that young family when we're experiencing fear of an unknown threat, a threat from elsewhere that we can't see, that we don't comprehend. Think of the fear that that young family would be experiencing as they're fleeing from a distant king that wants to kill. What do we hear? We hear Joseph listening to God speaking. See, and I really think it's interesting that Joseph is the one that hears this. Joseph has had to go through this immense change. And often we don't hear much about Joseph in the Christmas stories, in the life of Jesus. Joseph is just kind of there in the background. But his life has gone through immense change and challenge. You know, think, think about it for a moment. Joseph is, had an angel come and speak to him about his girl that he loves, who's been betrothed to him in marriage, who is pregnant, and he's got to get his mind around what that means. He's then experiencing angels appearing. He's experiencing shepherds coming and worshipping. He's experiencing wise men coming and visiting. He's experiencing all of these things of God speaking to him, of people coming and worshipping the newborn king, all these things he's trying to comprehend, and God speaks to him again in a dream. And he directs Joseph to go and flee. Now, I think for many of us, this would be a hard call to go, I've just got to pack up my family and run. Joseph does this in trust because of what he's seeing God doing, of the way God has been speaking to him time and time again. Joseph listened to what God was saying. Today I want you to listen to what God is saying to you, to align yourself with the ways of Jesus in your lives, to hear the voice of God speaking to you again today. And when you hear what God is saying to you, here's the thing. Are you going to follow through with what God is asking? See, part of our building a discipling culture program that we have been, been running through here, through new beginnings and looking at, it, it picks up an element, a, a way of, of thinking, a pattern of, of living, a cycle of understanding within our lives. And it, it, it's, it's not 
specific to building a discipling culture. It's something that has been um, is biblical. It's been around for many years. It's, kind of, it's called this Kairos circle, Kairos moment. It's about listening to God and acting on what God's doing. It's a process of living this within our lives. To sum it up, it basically says this for you. What is God saying to you? And then what are you going to do about it? What is God calling you to repent? What is God calling you to believe in? What is God calling you to to take into your heart, to be a message for you? What is God asking you to do? And then the following question is, so what are you going to do about it? And when you've done that, you you, you come back and you cycle again. You're going, what is God saying to me? It's a pattern of living our life day in, day out, listening to God's word for us and acting on what God is calling us to do. Now, God might be speaking to you through prayer, might be speaking through to you through a dream, might be speaking through to the Bible, might be speaking through to you by another person who is a faithful person speaking to lives of others. This, this is what it means by listening to God. It's, it's, this is just the right time for us to actually take this upon for ourselves. Christmas has happened. Now what? What has God been saying to you? What are you going to do about that in your life? Christianity is not passive. Faith is not passive. Our life is not passive. We need to act upon what God is calling us. Being a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ is not passive. We need to act. God is talking. We need to act. What are we doing? So cycling back around to the, this, what we're talking about today, Christmas is over. We've celebrated the birth of Jesus. Now what is happening in our lives? For me, this kind of raises two kind of questions within me that requires us to take some action. See, when we think about Christmas, Christmas challenges us. Well, it should challenge us this way. It should challenge us to see beyond ourselves, to look at the world through God's eyes. This is what Christmas should do. Unfortunately, what has happened within our world, with our consumeristic society, within the way we've done it, Christmas has turned it around into asking to receive things for yourselves. What is the gift that I can get? What is the gift that I can get? What can I have? You know. And it makes perfect sense within a consumer-driven society to get people to buy things by building a story around you need to ask to get gifts given to you. We want things to be given to you. So build that narrative, build that story around that. That makes perfect sense. It's business 101, get people to buy stuff from you. But that's not God's story. That's not what we talk about when we talk about gifts. A gift is not about what we're going to get out of it. What God has given us is the gift of the birth of a child, the gift of Jesus, not just any child, but Jesus, God in flesh with us. He lives our life. He walks the walks that we've done. He's talked the talks. He's 
experienced the ups and downs. He understands that, and he dies for our sins. Christmas makes no sense unless we have Easter. Easter makes no sense unless we have the resurrection and the ascension and God being there for us, always with the Holy Spirit working through us. When we come to Christmas and we say, Christmas is over, now what? We should be asking ourselves this question, have we been looking at Christmas through God's eyes? Have we been looking through Christmas with a longer vision than just what's in front of us? Have we been looking at Christmas because the Saviour has been born? See, we need to make a response. Christmas is over, now what? We need to make a response to God's great love found for us through Jesus Christ. So here's the thing. What tradition are you going to start within your life or what change are you going to make within your life? So, And I'll put it this way because tradition is something that you do again and again and again to reinforce the point, to pass on to your family, to your friends, to those around us. What are you going to change? What are you going to start that will reflect God's great love for your life? What challenge are you going to do? What, what are you going to have that says Christmas has come, my life is changed, and I cannot do anything but? See, maybe it might be to revisit and explore the possibility of what Boxing Day meant, coming back into the Feast of St. Stephen's and, and giving to the poor. Maybe this is something that will come upon you and flow within you more freely and more easily, not just one day a year, but every day of the year. That giving and supporting those in need around you might become a permanent part of your life. Maybe that is something that you want to create. Or maybe you, you want to put it into a flow of a tradition that you do it once a month or something like this. You build it for yourself. What is God saying to you? What is God speaking to you right now? Just as God spoke to Joseph to go and flee and to come back and be reinstated and to go and live in a place, God is speaking within our lives. Maybe it might be something that we need to do, a challenge that we need to take up for ourselves. A new tradition is that as we're supporting those in need, maybe this is what we need to do in Australia more, that when we look at the story of Joseph and the family that is fleeing, the refugee family moving back into Egypt, a land of slavery, but being called back out of that, maybe what we need to do is take on board a much more open heart as a country, as individuals for those that are fleeing persecution, those that are finding it hard and tough because of what's happening, those that have to left everything because they are under threat. Maybe what we need to do as a, a tradition for ourselves is become a generous society and a generous people that will look after those that are refugees, those that are fleeing violence. There's a challenge for us. There's a change for us. That brings me to the thing. The other thing that thought that came into my mind is 
is what challenge are we going to face? What thing in our life are we going to step up and do? Because of God's great love in our life, because of God speaking into us, what is he challenging us to do? What is God challenging you to do in your life? What is he asking you to be involved in? What place are you meant to be? What are you meant to do in your life? See, these are great questions. These are questions that we could be thinking about and praying about, asking God to speak into our lives about, and especially as we have this tradition at at New Year's, which is just in a few days' time, of creating New Year's resolutions. We have these traditions of of thinking about what are we going to put into our life? What things are we going to change about ourselves? Maybe the thing we should be saying is, what is God going to change about me? What is God saying to me now and what am I going to do about it? Make that a pattern of your life day in, day out. What is God saying to me? Make it a pattern. Read the Bible on a daily basis. What is God saying? And then ask the question, if God is saying this to me in the Bible today, what am I to do about it? What do you want me to do today, God? Now that Christmas has come, now that Christmas is over, now that the festivities are starting to wind down and we've visited families, we've done all those things, we've celebrated the birth of Jesus, now what? Well, we live our life as disciples. We live our life changed because of what Jesus has done in our life. Let's just pray together. Lord God, we just pray for all those people that are finding it tough, finding it challenging in this time of year. We, we pray especially for, for individuals that have lost loved ones throughout the year, that find it difficult when we have times of family and celebration. Lord, we just ask that you give them comfort right now. Lord, we pray for those people that are finding it tough because of poverty, of not having enough not being able to live, not having a place of shelter, of safety, not knowing when the next food is going to come. Lord, I pray that you will challenge us and change us to give to those who are in need. Give of time, give of self, give of your material wealth as well. Lord, I pray for those who are fleeing persecution, that are refugees, that are seeking a a safe haven. Lord, may, may you change our hearts, may you change our country's heart to be more open to those that are refugees, that are fleeing their own home country, and may we be a place of welcome, of support, of comfort, of help to those that have lived through crisis. Lord, today we pray for those who are unwell, those that have have contracted COVID, those that are unwell because of other ailments and other diseases that are going on. Lord, we just ask that your healing be upon them at this moment. Lord, we pray this in your name, in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.